Out in the East End, as you've been told, we do um, a couple ministry things. Tuesday nights and Friday nights, we're picking up some trash around the East End and uh, doing some cookouts for the people that, um, and just to give them free food, share the message of Jesus, and uh, hopefully pray for the people if they have anything to pray about. Last few days, it's been pretty cool to um, see the people be really appreciative and um, just be able to pray for them. And uh, hopefully we're making um, good impacts on the lives there. Um, so if you haven't been able to help out, please uh, please come out. And if not, if you can't come out, then maybe bake some cookies or something. Um, help out financially um, if you can able to do that. We have an uh, offering plate back there, gold little plate. Um, Ryan's going to talk about that a little bit at the end of the service. But um, we're just helping out uh, this woman out in the East End, making some payments on her house. Um, so if you guys could especially give towards that, we'd really appreciate it. Also, Autumn is needing a lot of help in the nursery. If you guys um, have extra time to uh, volunteer, um, I think she's really low on people volunteering. So if you could help out, she'd be appreciative, right? Okay. Um, one last thing. Um, the 14th, next Thursday, not this coming one, but next Thursday, we are helping out move-in day at Shawnee. Um, so we, next, th- next Sunday, we will have t-shirts. If you guys are going to help out, you can get a t-shirt. Um, but don't take the t-shirts if you're not going to help out. That's not how this works. This isn't some charity event. Um, so please volunteer that if you can. We're gonna, it's going to be around 10 o'clock, I think. Meet in the quad at Shawnee. It's like, I don't know what building numbers they are, but... Um, if you see some other Rev folk, that's, you know, you're in the right spot. So greet each other for a minute and uh, we'll get started. How's it going, Rev? Awesome. Awesome. Well, if you don't know me, I am Eric Kimsey. I am an associate pastor here at Revolution for like the next week and a half, two weeks. Um, I'm moving on to Detroit here soon, um, and this will be my last message here, uh, but we're not going to get all weepy-eyed yet, it's all right, we'll do that later. Um, we're going to be in James tonight, um, James chapter 4, and we're going to look at the first three verses there. Uh, if you guys want to go ahead and uh, pick up these blue Bibles or, or use your Bible, um, whatever you like. Um, These Bibles are for you. If you do not have a Bible or the Bible you have is difficult to read or understand, take this one with you. It's 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 an easy read, and uh, and we think it's a good translation. And uh, we want you to be in Scripture. We want you to be in Scripture every single day. Um, Also, I ask that you have a little patience with me because uh, I haven't preached in like three months, so I may be a little rusty. And I'm just have patience with me as I get back on the saddle. All right, sound good? There we go. I got a couple with me. All right, let's look at James chapter 4, first three verses there. I think they'll be up here too. Yep. What is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what he will give you, uh, what will give you pleasure. 
So if we look at the first verse here, James starts off by kind of like setting us up, right? He um, asks a question, but I, I don't think James wasn't like waiting on a response, right? He wasn't, he sent this this uh, letter, but he wasn't like waiting for them to write back like, oh, he wants to know why we fight so much. So we're going to write back and, and get back to him here in a couple months or whatever. Um, that's not what he's doing. I just kind of get this picture of James talking to like a child, right? Um, parents, or if you've ever babysat or whatever, if you have been around a kid and they've done something wrong and you ask them like, all right, what'd you do? What'd you do wrong? Why'd you hit him? Why'd you call him that name? And as the parent, or as the babysitter, you probably had your eye on him, right, if you're a good one. Uh, And you know the answer to that question, right? Almost like whenever God walks in, you know, to the Garden of Eden, and he's like, hey, where are you guys? And they're hiding in the bushes because they know they're naked, right? He knows the answer to that question. Um, in my life, what this would look like is, uh, or actually, so the, the kid might give you a response like, oh, well, you know, he, he, uh, he made fun of me or he was mean to me or whatever, but you know, the answer isn't that at all, right? You know, um, no, actually you wanted his toy and that has, you, he didn't do anything to you. You just wanted his toy. That's why you hit him, right? And so... What that would look like in my life, maybe as, as a, as a grown-up, I, I don't think I'm any more mature than like a four-year-old, but, um, but what that would look like in my life is like if Ryan, who's a good friend of mine, comes to me and he's like, hey, why are you a jerk to this person? And I'm like, well, you know, they, didn't, they did this to me, or they, they didn't do that when I needed them to, or uh, uh, they did this and that. But if I, like, stop to think about it for a second, it's usually because oh, they just kind of annoy me, right? <laughs> I, and I can say that. Don't, don't you all look, like, stoic? Yeah, don't judge me. You're the same way. All right, so is anybody, like, guilty of that? That, like, oh, I'm just, I just get annoyed with people. It doesn't have anything to do with what they've done to me. They just drive me nuts, right? All right. And if I... And I can say that because, you know, confession's good for the soul and bad for the reputation, right? So I can, I trust you guys. I know you guys are with me on that. So James is kind of telling us why we fight amongst ourselves, why we don't get along in this passage. And, and, he, and he continually points to pride and to selfishness and to uh, a complete lack of contentment in our lives. And, and I can prove this to you. Uh, husbands, right? Husbands, don't things in the home usually go a little bit better whenever you put your wives' needs first and, and your children's needs first? Like, let's get a show of hands on that one, huh? Yeah, you can get an amen, huh? I'm, there's a couple husbands that are skipping out on this one. <laughs> That's how things run in the Pate household. All right, so it's kind of like this whole happy wife, happy life thing. Or, uh, you know, if mama ain't happy, nobody ain't happy, right? Uh, it's, it's kind of like that. Um, but it isn't, this doesn't just happen in the home. 
This happens in in all areas of our lives. In fact, James gives uh, the reason for pretty much every conflict, every argument, every war that's ever been fought. And and even in these verses here, he he even alludes to the sin that is the root of all sin. So if we look at uh, verses 1 and 2 again, what is the cause... What is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from evil desires at war within you? You don't what you want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, and you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. So the reason that we actually destroy each other, that we go at each other's throats, that we, that we argue, is because we're jealous. And, and more uh, succinctly, we're prideful. We think we're number one. And, and, and you know, we do this with the aim of, of gaining something that we don't have currently, right? Uh, are you tracking with me so far? We're good? All right. And so this self-centeredness and this pride is the root of all sin that we commit. Um, we know what's the best, right? Everyone else is wrong. I can look God in the face and say, God, I know what you want. I know what you told me, like in the Bible, but I'm going to do what I want. God, I know that you say not to lust, but uh, God, I'm going to cheat on my wife, and I'm going to cheat on my future wife, um, with my eyes, just because I like to look, right? Or, God, I know that you say to feed the poor. I know that you say to uh, clothe those that are in need. But my possessions are my possessions. I've worked hard for them, and I'm not going to give them to somebody who didn't work hard for them. God, I know that you told me to share the gospel. I know that Scripture tells me I should tell others what you've done on the cross, but God, I don't want to look like an idiot in front of somebody. I don't want to look foolish. I don't want to ruin a relationship or a friendship. So I'm just going to keep it to myself, right? Religion is like a just keep it to yourself kind of thing, right? But that attitude is really no different than what Adam and Eve went through in the, in the garden. You know, Adam and Eve took the fruit, and they ate the fruit, even though God told them not to. And they were doing so with the desire to be like God. And so they wanted what they did not have. They wanted to have knowledge like God. They wanted to have power like God. They said, I know better. God, you told me I'm not supposed to eat this, but I know better in this moment. You're just trying to hold me back. And so their desires and their lusts for more, more stuff, more, more things, became the ultimate things in their lives. And so, in the same way in our lives, stuff, we get stuff, you know, we get stuff, that becomes like ultimate things to us. We worship those things. They become idols to us. And so, just like uh, in Romans 1, on your own, go ahead, read Romans 1. Um, Not right now, later. Um, But it says that we have chosen to worship the created thing and not the creator. And that leaves us as as hedonists, frankly. 
A hedonist is somebody that, that seeks pleasure in everything that they do. If it doesn't feel good, it's not right, man. All right, so that makes us hedonists by doing that. We're seeking what we want, what brings us pleasure, what, uh, uh, you know, we're seeking lesser pleasures whenever we have a God who is standing there with infinite joy holding it out to us. And if we actually look back to last week, what Dottie taught on, um, we looked at human wisdom and we looked at godly wisdom. Human wisdom being, uh, it's all about consuming. It's all about getting more. It's all about deserving more. It's about, it leads to, to jealousy. It leads to selfishness. It's all about looking out for number one. And the, and the key to that, the root of all of that is thinking that we are better and deserve more than we really do. And, and godly wisdom, in, in contrast, is, is selfless, and it puts others first. And, and, and in perspective, godly wisdom is rooted in understanding the gospel. The key to godly wisdom is realizing where we stand before God, and that's what the gospel gives us. The gospel being uh, that God... The, the sovereign Lord of the universe created everything. He created the universe. He created the world. He created us. And then he gave us one rule, right? Not to eat the fruit. And, and that's what Adam and Eve did. They, they disobeyed. They thought they knew better. And so we were all, all of humanity, all of creation, infected with sin. So that we could no longer be righteous before God. That our sin had completely blackened our hearts. But God in his infinite wisdom and his, and his love and his mercy, he sent his son Jesus to live on earth a perfect life. The one that we were meant to live that we have no ability to live. And, and Jesus lived that perfect life, and because God is holy and just, he has to punish sin. And Jesus stood in the gap on our behalf and said, I will take the punishment for whatever sin they've done. And he stood in our place, and he, he got nailed to a cross and tortured and beaten on our behalf as punishment for our sin, if only we would believe him and trust him that he would fulfill his promise of making us right with God. So human wisdom forgets our place before God. It makes us think that we're better than we are. It makes us think that we're higher than we are. While godly wisdom remembers that we're all messed up, that we all need help, and we all needed the cross... And that only God is good. Uh, I think it was three weeks ago, Matt, Pastor Matt Rawlings over in uh, Christ Community, he taught on grace. And he was talking about how if we look at anybody like we're better than them, then we've made a two-tier system of God being good and everyone else being bad we've turned it into a three-tier system where there's God and then there's me and then there's everybody else, right? I'm not as bad as all those guys. Or if you're really full of yourself and it's you, then God and then everyone else. 
So any time that we think that we're better than somebody or look down on somebody, we're doing that. We're forgetting the gospel, that we are all the way down here and God is all the way up here. We're not any better than anybody else down here with us. We're all jacked up. We're all messed up. But whenever we understand that God is the sovereign Lord of the universe and he created us and and he sent his son on our behalf to, to live that perfect life for us so that if we trust him, then he would take our punishment on our behalf. If we remember that, then there's no possible way we can look at anybody else with contempt or or look at them like they're lesser than we are. You know, we're all desperately wicked and sinful and we have no hope without Jesus. That's the same as a a Christian, as a non-Christian, as anybody. We have no hope without Jesus. And I'm convinced that this preaching of the gospel every day, remembering where we stand before God, is, is the way that we're going to have victory over sin. It's the way that we're going to uh, be able to become more like Christ. And, and James even goes further. He ties this into prayer. He says it's not, it's not just about um, remembering in your arguments that... Um, you both are jacked up. It's not just about um, being selfless in our arguments, but being selfless and remembering our place, our standing before God in our prayers as well. He says, hey, if you truly need something, then you need to go to God for it. You need to seek him out. If you're truly in need, that's where you go. But he warns us against praying wrongly, praying with wrong motives. Um, In the same way that the gospel keeps us grounded in day-to-day life and how we interact with each other and and, uh, how it helps us resolve conflict, right? If we we are selfless in the moment and it helps us uh, break down those conflicts, in the same way that the gospel helps us to do that, the gospel helps us to pray rightly. And ask rightly. Helps us to keep perspective on what we're saying. And so whenever we remember the gospel, whenever we pray, our, our prayers become, they go from being inward, inwardly focused prayers to being focused on God's will. Um, we can go ahead and, whenever I was preparing this and, and thinking about prayer First thing I thought of, of course, is the Lord's Prayer, right? Um, tons of people know it. We're just going to peek at it real quick. We're not going to study it real hard. We're just going to turn to uh, Matthew 6 real quick. If you guys want to go there, I think it's page like 580. <clears throat> or it's up here. So Jesus is telling his disciples how to pray. He says, Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food that we need and forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. 
So if we look at that, we see that Jesus is demonstrating to us um, a gospel-centered prayer, one uh, that, that shows us to pray for our daily needs, right? For food, but for most of all, for forgiveness. And just as important, to allow us the grace to forgive others. Also, God, help us resist temptation. Help us to be more like you. And those things aren't really about us a whole lot at all. It's not about, you know, asking for a Cadillac or, God, I've really been working hard at work. I really want this promotion. It's not the same thing. Jesus is, is asking, God, your will be done. Bring your kingdom quickly, please. So James isn't telling us that whatever we ask, we're going to receive. That's not what he's saying at all. That's inconsistent with Scripture. That's inconsistent with Jesus, and James knew Jesus pretty well. But he's reminding us that when we petition God for our needs, that God is faithful and in promising to take care of our needs, first and foremost of all, our need for forgiveness. So how do we take the gospel then and, and use it to keep perspective on our day-to-day lives? Not, not just, uh, well, I'm on, you know, I don't want you to walk away from here and be like, well, I need to be more selfless because that's what the Bible says. But, but to have a genuine response from the gospel to live lives selflessly. So, uh, husbands and wives, um, you know, when your motives um, in your arguments in the home or whatever turn from wanting to be right or uh, getting your way or being, um, you know, the top dog or whatever, and they turn to being selfless, serving, then your house goes from a a you-centered house to a Christ-centered house. And then your actions change from being about being right to being a reminder to your, to your wife or, or to your husband and to your children of the gospel. Like I'm serving you and I'm sacrificing you and I'm, I'm loving you for the gospel's sake, to show you the gospel. I'm going to live it out in my life. You know, people, um, those of you with jobs, whenever you go into the workplace, you... Um, you need to work hard. You need to show up on time. You need to help others with tasks. You need to um, go above and beyond. Not because, well, I may get a promotion. Not because I may get something out of it. Somebody's going to remember that favor. But because there's a genuine response in you, because Christ sacrificed for you first, you're going to sacrifice for your coworkers. In the same way in our community, this applies to every one of us, Whenever we see those in need, we sacrifice for them and we provide for them because Jesus provided for our deepest, darkest need. And all of this leads to opportunities to share the gospel. Not only are we doing it with our actions, but whenever we have conversations with those around us because of our actions, then that's an opportunity to share the gospel. 
So in anything that you do, in any service that you do, I'm not saying it has to be these, what, three examples that I gave you. In anything, do it in a way that points to the gospel. Love those around you. So whether you're coming down to the East End and helping out with the cookouts or helping us pick up trash or you're going Friday night, which they need just as much help, um, the Father's Table, right? If you go over there or if you help with Free Market <clears throat> or you help with the Single Parents Fair going on at CCC, if you, if you help with any of these service activities, the goal is to show them Jesus in our actions and in our words. And whenever we do that, whenever we do something we don't want to do, right? There's a lot of times I don't want to do the stuff we do down in the East End. I talk to Dottie about this a lot. Late night kitchen talks. That we would sit there and talk like, dude, sometimes this sucks. I don't like doing some stuff that we have to do. Sometimes I don't want to be faithful. But whenever we do that, and whenever we are faithful, then we're actively putting aside our fleshly desires of, hey, I just want to sit at home and play video games tonight. I don't want to go minister to nobody. I don't want to go talk to anybody about the gospel. I'd love to play video games tonight. Whenever we do that, we're, we're setting aside those fleshly desires, and we're choosing to follow Christ in that moment. And so my my last question for uh, those of you that call yourself Christians or, or are followers of Christ, or whether you come to revolution regularly or not, will you serve yourself and your desires or will you serve the Lord by sacrificing for others, sharing the gospel, and serving those in need? And that, I mean, that's what it comes down to. You can't serve two masters. It'll be you, you're going to serve yourself. And I'm preaching to myself here on this one. Or it's going to be Jesus. There's no, you can't do both. It's not possible. So which is it? And I don't want you to just feel kind of convicted right now. I'm not like trying to yell at anybody. I'm not trying to make anybody feel like, a piece of dirt or anything, but I don't want you to leave it right here. It doesn't stay in this room tonight. This is something you take home this week and you wrestle with it and you pray about it and you think on it and ask yourself, am I following me or Jesus? And I want you to know the answer. I want you to, if somebody asks you that, I want you to know the answer to that. Kind of like our theme for For James, prove it. You say you have faith. You say you trust in Christ. Prove it. Show it. And back your words up with your actions. And I'm not not just getting, you know, I'm not just throwing punches or anything. This is me too. I was so convicted working on this sermon. There's so much more I could do. But I thank God for, like, for revolution because I know I wouldn't be doing anything if I went 
pretty much anywhere else. Like, I know revolution has pushed me to, to get out and love people and serve people and, and to study Scripture. And I thank you guys for years of pouring into me. I wouldn't. I mean, I'd be some guy showing up to church once a week if not. I don't know where I'd be, honestly. But if you're not, if you're here and you're not a Christian, you, you don't follow Jesus, you, you may be kind of just checking out the Jesus thing or checking out revolution, then I hope that you can see in tonight's service and who you interact with uh, from this message that this is a great place to work out hard questions, to ask difficult things, and to express doubt, to share your burdens and seek truth. I've grown a lot here, more than anywhere else. It's a great church to be a part of, and I hope that you will see that we recognize that we don't expect you to be perfect to show up here. You don't have to get your life together before you have a relationship with God. That's not the gospel. I hope you've heard that none of our lives are together, Christian or not. I hope you've heard that none of us are better than any of the rest of us. Um, If you have any questions about that, if you have any questions about Jesus or or the gospel or what I talked about tonight, I'm going to be down around here somewhere after the service. Um, I haven't seen Brady. Where's Brady? Anyway, we're going to have people around. We're going to have Ryan and, and Dowdy there around. Seek them out afterwards. Ask them questions. We'd love to pray with you. We'd, we'd love to answer your questions because we love you and we care for you. So let's pray. Father God, I pray that you would just use the gospel to uh, break down those selfishness uh, parts of our hearts, those, those jealous parts of our hearts, God, that you would uh, tear down our self-centeredness and help us to remember where we stand before you and what you've done for us on the cross. Lord, I pray that in everything that we do, it would scream the gospel, that we would be able to share uh, what you've done for us with those around us. God, I pray that this would happen in our day-to-day lives, that it would happen in our prayer, that we would remember We have no hope without Christ on the cross. God, I pray that you would um, work in us this week, that we would not walk away and just uh, forget everything that we've heard, but that we would actually wrestle with the question on whether or not we follow you or we follow our own hearts. God, help us not to forget. Help us to choose you every day. God, I pray for worship now that we can just lay it down and and give you the glory and the honor. And it's in the name of your Son. Amen.